Hello, readers. My name is Jason Jeffries, and this is a bookend brought to you by Quail Ridge Books, Raleigh, North Carolina's trusted community bookstore. My guest today is Farah Ali. Her work has been anthologized in the 2020 Pushcart Prize and has been published in Shenandoah, the Arkansas International, the Southern Review, and others. Her new book is People Want to Live, which is published by our friends at McSweeney's. Farah, welcome to the program. Thank you. Thanks for having me. It is an honor to have you here. And first things first, Farah, how are you and how have you been over the last year and a half to two years? How is COVID going where you are? Yeah, I've been well. Uh, I'm actually currently living in Dubai, UAE. And the last year was stressful uh, for a small country. Lockdowns felt really severe, Mm -hmm. but it's it's been getting a lot better really fast. So I think things normalized here sooner than I think in other parts of the world. Yeah, very good. I have an author friend who had been traveling out there um, previous to the pandemic to do some research. I'm not sure that he's been doing much traveling lately, Um, but very good. Farah, this story collection of People Want to Live is published, as I mentioned, by the fine folks at McSweeney's. How did you find your way to them and how have they been to work with? Uh, What's up? The whole thing about how I found my way to them mm. is the story of how I got to being pub- published in the first place. Mm. Um, so I'd started submitting my collection years ago to mm. indie presses and competitions and agents. Oh, it was a learning curve all by myself. Mm. And I got accepted by a micropress, um, New Rivers Press. Mm. And then the pandemic happened mm. and because of budget concerns, they were at that time slated for closure. So we came to an agreement to part ways. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, I, I got an agent who's been wonderful and we ended up with McSweeney's. Um, so here we are. And they have been completely fantastic. Mm-hmm. The whole team of them, the editor, the, 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 the Sunra who made my cover, they've been wonderful. Excellent. Yeah, I I love the folks over there. I've been working with them in various capacities in multiple bookstores for many years, and uh, they're always super fun people to deal with. Well, um, let's now dive into this excellent short story collection, People Want to Live. These short stories, every one of them are stellar. Uh, I cannot recommend this collection highly enough. The first story is called Heroes, and it opens... A week after a couple, Asama, and um, forgive me if I'm pronouncing this incorrectly, Asaf, find out that their son has been shot dead in the street. I am noticing a trend, uh, Farah, of stories, both fictional and in the news, uh, that feature people being shot dead in the street. Um, What kind of world is this that we're living in where this is a regular occurrence? It is a pretty horrible world. It's an uncertain world. Mm-hmm. You know, um, sending kids out to school and horrific events happen and they're little kids. Mm-hmm. So yeah, there's no way to wrap your head around that. It, it unfortunately happens in so many parts of the world. Mm-hmm. Uh, it took place in Pakistan um, mm-hmm. many years ago on a very big horrific scale. So 
that sort of precipitated the idea for the story many years later. Yeah, and do you think that people have become desensitized to this type of violence? And if so, um, what are the ramifications of that? I think the desensitization is because of how quickly we're given the news. You know, we have access to it from all sides on social media. I think now that's the first place you get your news. You know, you log on to Twitter and you see the latest and then you get onto Facebook or Insta or whatever. And the TV probably comes last now, but I think you're able to turn it off that much more quickly as well. So there is always that question don't share the images or do share the images, you know, what do the numbers mean anymore? Is one incident the same as another? So on some level, I think there is desensitization, but maybe that partly comes from self-preservation because again, on the flip side of getting it all the time, the news, it can drive one crazy with helplessness. So, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you, Farah. Listeners, this is a moment when I'm going to recognize our first sponsor, the Crook's Corner Book Prize, what Pulitzer Prize winner Charles Frazier calls the coolest book prize in the country. Awarded annually for the best debut novel set in the American South, the $5,000 prize is intended to encourage emerging writers, whether published by established publishing houses, small independent publishers, or self-published authors. This year's winner will be chosen by best-selling novelist and poet Ron Rash and will be announced in January 2022. For more information, visit www.crookscornerbookprize.com. All right, back to this uh, story that we were discussing, Heroes. There is a moment in this story where the school principal, uh, Jamal's principal, meets with Salma and rather than expressing his remorse, asks for donations uh, in memory of Jamal, but still. Uh, What sort of statement does this make about the school and the principal? I think, I don't know if it makes a statement about the school or the principal so much as it is a horrific event to have taken place, even though we talked a little about shootings earlier, you know, that maybe take place in school. And even though this story was kind of based off of one that's not exactly what happens but it is still a horrible situation for the people involved because Mm. the kid used to go to that school so the principal is just probably very awkward and trying to do the correct thing you know by maybe looking at the bigger picture that look after all let's make this test take this into a positive direction let's turn something horrible into maybe a little bit of good. I mean, I think he had good intentions, just really ill-executed. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you, Farah. Um, Jamal's mother in this story finds drugs, uh, ecstasy specifically, and some other pills taped under her son's mattress. She was surprised. uh, But do you, uh, Farah, think it is possible for parents to ever really know their children? (laughs) um not really not after they get to a certain age and become independent you know Mm -hmm. and 
I think the other reason that I wanted, I remember when I wrote, started writing the story, I was exploring the idea of what it's like to discover someone after their death. You know, mm -hmm. you find out things about them. You thought you knew them. And it's more heartbreaking when it's a child. Um, you thought you knew that kid whom you raised. But yeah, so I think it's quite likely for a parent to be surprised by things that their kids get up to you know, unfortunately, it's just the nature of growing up and more so the nature of the world now. Yeah. Thank you. And do you believe um, that society tends to um, label the victims of these types of crimes, these shootings that you describe in the story as heroes or do you? Um, no. Mm -hmm. uh, martyrs, but... Mm -hmm. I don't I've I don't think I've seen heroes as a blanket adjective used for any of the victims. Mm -hmm. My idea for using heroes here was the whole focal point was the boy whom we never directly hear from, but who we hear from his teacher about him from his teachers and, and what his mom discovers and from the news article and the the little clip that glo that goes viral at the end. Um, so many different ways. So it's kind of a, you know, you think more about who this person really was instead of neatly categorizing him into victim or hero or a druggie or, you know, kid gone astray. You can't really put him down into one box neatly. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Thank you so much. Listeners, we are going to take a short break here for a word from our sponsor, and then I will be right back. The Farah Ali. The Book and Podcast is sponsored by Libro FM Audiobooks. Libro FM lets you purchase audiobooks directly from your favorite local bookstore, Quail Ridge Books. You can pick from more than 100,000 audiobooks, including New York Times bestsellers and recommendations from booksellers around the country. With Libro.fm, you'll get the same audiobooks at the same price as the largest audiobook company out there. You know the name. But you'll be part of a much different story, one that supports community. Listeners of Bookin can get a three-month audiobook membership for the price of one. Go to Libro.fm, that's L-I-B-R-O dot F-M, and enter Bookin, B-O-O-K-I-N, in the promo code space. With each listen, take pride in knowing that you're supporting local bookstores. I'm back with Farah Ali, author of People Want to Live, which is published by our friends at McSweeney's. I want to move on to the second story now, Bulletproof Bus. Uh, there is a moment early in this story when the protagonist is looking at a newspaper and sees the following, a fire, a robbery, a man who killed his children, and film awards. Um, what are you highlighting here about the state of newspapers? Um, I think just highlighting the state of the world, not the world, the state of lives in general. There's the ugly and the banal and the all things are news, you know, the deaths are news. And then, hey, look, there's awards. I mean, that's what happens now. Um, there's in one day, in one city, horrible things happen. And then you go on with the lighthearted cultural stuff as well. I, I see that and it feels 
surreal sometimes. So I think I was just trying to go with that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Um, do you think that corporate news organizations, whether in print or uh, television, are alarmist by nature? Yeah, it, I think it comes down to getting readership, mm -hmm. getting a circulation, you know, they will go for the more interesting headlines, probably. Yeah. Do you think that there's an organization that you can get um, news from that doesn't have an agenda? <laughs> I don't know. I would have to do a very broad survey and see. Uh, probably somebody who hasn't, who's been avoiding the pitfalls of news reporting and trying to make a living at the same time, you know, mm -hmm. you, I don't know. It sounds a bit idyllic to run only on true news. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's a shame, isn't it? Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, thank you. Um, also in this story, bulletproof bus, uh, the protagonist is worried about receiving the evil eye. Uh, what is the evil eye and why is this a concern? Oh, it's a cultural thing. It's, mm -hmm. you know, it's like you kind of are told to be wary of sharing really good news with somebody in case somebody comes from a point of extreme jealousy and then they can um, kind of put you in harm's way, take the good away from you. But we do believe in two levels of envy. One is normal and the other one is I want what that person has and I also don't want that person to have that thing anymore. Um, so yeah, he wanted to keep it to himself because he was afraid of losing or jinxing it, you know, to put it simplistically. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much. Um, I want to move on to the next story, but before I do so, I'm going to, um, I'm going to jump out of the world of your book for a moment. Uh, listeners, so um, we're speaking on video, which you can't see, um, but Farah is um, behind her is these wonderful bookshelves um, filled with a bunch of books. And because we are a podcast uh, that is presented by a bookstore being recorded in a bookstore, um, I'm wondering if you could think of maybe two or three books that you've either read recently or that you've carried throughout your life that you can recommend to our listeners. Okay. Uh, first of all, this is accidental. When I arranged my desk here, it was, mm -hmm. I think, that started the pandemic. I'm like, if I'm going to be housebound, I'm going to get me a table. And this just happened to be a little enclave. Um, mm -hmm. A book I would definitely recommend is Jenny Erpenbeck's Visitation. Mm -hmm. It is, I found it mind blowing. I also love, let's see. I love Jennifer Egan's A Visit from the Goon Squad. Mm -hmm. It's a book that I felt I would love and I did. I wasn't disappointed. Mm -hmm. um, I'm rereading James Joyce, Dubliners, mm -hmm. so I would definitely say, yeah, check that out. <laughs> yeah, so what would you say, um, we actually talk about James Joyce in this podcast a lot because there are a lot of um, 
books coming out lately about uh, Lucia Joyce, um, kind of fictional representations of her life, some things that came out around Bloomsday. Um, what would you say to listeners who are scared to try to read James Joyce or who um, maybe think that he's too pretentious for their taste? How would you um, talk a reader into starting Dubliners? I don't know if I would talk a reader into starting anything, honestly. Mm-hmm. I would just say read really widely. And mm-hmm. the same thing goes for writing as well. There are so many opinions out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, best thing is, look, listen to however much of the advice you want, but really go by your gut feel. Read a lot. And yeah, try James Joyce. What's the worst? You'll hate it. Uh, you might come to some rejection of ideas you have received about his writing pretentious or not but because I grew up reading the most commonly available literature to me uh, which was Dickens and Thomas Hardy, Jane Austen, D.H. Lawrence Mm -hmm. so there's a lot of opinions about them and Mm -hmm. Ernest Hemingway (laughs) but I cannot reject them Mm -hmm. outright because I did learn a lot from those stories and I continue to hold them precious to me So definitely continue reading, you know, back in time and current and everything that you can get your hands on. Yeah, absolutely. Um, And I love that Jennifer Egan book as well. Any like well-written work of fiction that deals with music in any way, I'm a huge fan of. Um, Well, thank you so much. Let's uh, jump into this story, Tourism. Now, I found this story uh, in the way in which you told it to be fantastic, very effective. Uh, Can you tell our listeners about the genesis of the story and why you chose to tell it the way you did? Yeah, this. so generally I avoid naming places in my fiction. I think it's a personal tick. Um, This one, however, was the most name-tastic story, you know, mountains and valleys, and they're all geographically accurate. Mm -hmm. I did visit those parts of Pakistan, and they were haunting, you know, as mountains and valleys are. Mm -hmm. They were beautiful. And there is a lake there that was created as a result of an avalanche, which was a deadly event. A lot of villages were um, destroyed, but, you know, it ended up creating this beautiful lake which is now a tourist site. So it's, again, there's that horror and beauty existing side by side. Um, so originally the story started off with the idea of that lake, but then I went to how, what I always do, go to a person, a character, and the idea of a person who's trying to get away from it all in the cliched sense, you know, take a vacation, get over your heartbreaks and your Uh, bad situations Mm -hmm. but then the more I wrote the story the deeper I got into his head sort of Mm -hmm. until the haunting aura of the place worked well with his instability of mind Mm -hmm. and somehow to me the second person made the most sense Mm -hmm. uh, as if there's a a flyer or like, you know, like a a visitor's brochure or something talking to him. Mm. And there are, there are obvious phrases in it, like 
check out that so-and-so or please go visit such and such. But then there comes like a statement, which is directly to him. Mm-hmm. Make a note of that or forget about it or take a Xanax, you know. Mm-hmm. It was a story that I did enjoy writing a lot because uh, I love exploring languages. And when I visited the northern parts of Pakistan, I, it was fascinating to me that there are languages spoken there that are considered isolate, uh, language isolates. They're not connected to any other language on the language tree. Mm. So the whole idea of his isolation and the language isolation of that place, it just worked well to me. Yeah, absolutely. And um, would you say the protagonist of the story is the man or the uh, the travel brochure? <laughs> That's a good question. Uh, I would say the travel brochure, yeah. Mm-hmm. Somehow. Yeah. yeah, I would say that too. And I think it makes it work very well. Well, um, I have uh, one final question. And listeners, we have not discussed uh, every story in this marvelous collection because I want you to experience the discovery of these stories as freshly as possible. Um, so it can be as magical of a reading experience for you as it was for me. Uh, but for uh, in this story tourism. Um, You sort of alluded to this earlier. Uh, The main character is suicidal. And in these first three stories that we have discussed, there is a theme of a character attempting to flee their troubles, whether by drugs, by finding a new job, by going on a trip, uh, attempts that are unsuccessful, really, uh, in each case. Is it wise to attempt to flee one's troubles by switching one's physical or mental environs? Is this something that is possible? It can be. Maybe put a temporary space between a person and the edge, and that's better than being on the edge, trying to hero your way through it. Um, I think it's wise, absolutely. Take the means, and then once you're away from the edge, then reassess, definitely. Great. Fantastic. Well, thank you, uh, Farah. And thank you for writing this excellent collection. I cannot wait uh, for our listeners to read it and for us to put it into their hands. Listeners, I've been speaking with Farah Ali, author of People Want to Live, which is published by the fine folks at McSweeney's. Thank you so much for joining. Um, Thank you for having me and for all your amazing questions. I really enjoyed this. Once again, I would like to thank Farah Ali for joining me. Copies of People Want to Live are available at www.quailridgebooks.com with free shipping. I would also like to thank our sponsors at Libro.fm. Please navigate over to Libro.fm and enter the promo code BOOKIN, that's B-O-O-K-I-N, in the promo code space to get one free book and support your favorite local independent bookstore process. My name is Jason Jeffries and this has been Booking.